Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House. And a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. Welcome to Rosie on the House. We're featuring Kingman this month. It's our featured staycation destination for this month. And prior to its foundings, Kingman was inhabited by a mixture of American Indian tribes. The first American expeditions were recorded in the area in the early 1800s. It was, wasn't founded until 1882 for Mr. Lewis Kingman, who had helped develop the Atlantic and Pacific route in, from Albuquerque to Needles, California, which passed through what is now Kingman, Arizona. Became a major shipping and trading center for precious metals and cattle once the train opened up there in 1883. Before working on the railroad, Mr. Kingman studied uh, civil engineering in Boston and worked in the oil fields of Pennsylvania before moving out west with the railroad. Kingman's our featured destination for the month. You can enter to win your staycation. We're going to be drawing here shortly for December, which is Prescott. We always focus on Prescott because it is the Arizona Christmas city, and we do like to broadcast there for the courthouse lighting. Go to rosieonthehouse.com slash travelaz. Enter to win. We'll be drawing on the 15th. This is our Arizona Hour. We cover interesting Arizona people, places, things, all things Arizona. And I ran across a very interesting radio broadcast that I thought uh, that's based right out of here of Arizona. I thought, man, this is the broadcast before Veterans Day. What better time? Time to have the host, Mr. Brian Bueller Garcia of American Warrior Radio, on the program. Good morning, Ben. Romy, what I tell you, what it's a thrill for me to be here because I've admired what you guys are doing for a long time. Would love to emulate you sometime when I grow up to be that big. <laughs> Careful what you ask for. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So tell me about how'd you get uh, the radio program started? Well, actually, I didn't start it, Romy. It was started by uh, another gentleman here uh, in Tucson who was a huge supporter of the military, and he began American Warrior Radio 16 years ago. And I was helping him out. I'm not a radio guy, but I was helping him out get uh, scheduling guests and do some other things. And unfortunately, he came into the show one day, and, and we said, you know, Dave, you don't look quite right and he says well i feel a little bit off but i've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow well tomorrow never came Mm. and so i just felt so passionate about the importance of communicating these messages that i approached the radio station said i'd like to take it over and it's been uh, i've been on the air now six years and over the course of the 16 years of the program do you focus on one element of military or do you try and spread it out Our, our mission really is to the gap of understanding between the the less than one percent who serve and the rest of the population is huge and unfortunately growing so our mission really is to focus on educating the general public about the men and women who protect us both at home and abroad so we focus principally on military first responders and then folks who support them the you know the gary sinises of the world or we just recently had max martini the famous actor on talking about what he's doing to support the military Radio is a very interesting business, a very interesting industry, and we find ourselves in very interesting places and situations because of the broadcast. I can't imagine if we were focusing on military. I mean, have you been to Area 51? Have you been? In, <laughs> have, have you broadcasted from a nuclear submarine? Have they got you up in the new F-35 to broadcast from yet? <laughs> One out of three. 
have broadcasted from a fast attack submarine, the USS Tucson. We did a broadcast from there in San Diego. Not been to Area 51. I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> I would love to go up in an F-35, but I think those are only one-seat planes, so that might be somewhat of a challenge. They could strap me on under the wing. That would still be a kick in the pants, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is. It really, I mean, I do this because it's a labor of love for me. I never served in the military, and I just feel very strong that those of us who haven't served, it's our duty to support those families. Uh, 9-11 was not long after I was out of high school. I think it had been 18 months since I graduated. And I had contemplated going, and I looked very heavily at going into the Air Force. After that happened, we went to go sign up. And the strangest thing over the next two weeks, two people very close to me out of nowhere just looked at me and said, don't enter the military. And I thought, you know, the Lord speaks to us in strange things, and if I've got my grandfather, who is a Navy veteran mm-hmm. and a huge supporter of the military, and another close friend who's also active uh, military, both telling me not to. But I, I've got the great respect for the military and what they give up to give us what we have here in America. Well, I tell you, if folks, uh, we've got, uh, if they visit AmericanWarriorRadio.com, we've got more than 300 stories. If they're not familiar with the program, it's a long-format interview, so we spend the entire show talking to just one or two guests on one subject because I've always, I'm a huge believer in the power of storytelling, and that allows us to really dig deep into the stories, and it's really, really compelling. You know, you get a, a Navy SEAL on the show or, or someone who's won four distinguished service crosses, Roger Staubach. Gary Sinise, and you think, okay, those are going to be the interviews. And they're not bad, but so often it's someone that nobody has ever heard of. But their story is so compelling and so inspirational that that makes for great radio. You just, you're right, you just never know uh, when they walk into the studio what's, what's going to happen. And that's part of the fun of it. We have this fine balance of how much we pre-interview a guest and how much we don't. Because sometimes we've got a wonderful pre-interview, and then we bring them on air, and it's like, they think they've already told us that once, and it's like they're not connecting that there's a whole audience that hadn't heard that story repeat it, and they're like, yes, no, <laughs> sometimes. <Yeah. laughs> Isn't it amazing how you'll see someone who is very comfortable getting up and speaking to a crowd of a 1,000 people, and then you stick a microphone in front of their face, and they just clam up. So that's just maybe the human, human nature of it. As I mentioned, it's a labor of love for me. It's been a really joy. Uh, I've learned a lot. And uh, let me just share one story that, that I think is – maybe speaks best to what those who have never served or who don't have a family member who served. There was a, a special event I was volunteering at where we, it was a special event for families, military families about to deploy. And here comes mom, dad, three handsome little boys, about age three to seven. And I asked them, which one of you is deploying? And he looks me in the eye and says, I'm going this month, she's going in three. And as a civilian, I, I couldn't even comprehend that. I mean, here's this family and mom and dad are going off to war. And he said it like you and I would say, I'm, I'm going down to the grocery store to, you know, to get, a, get a, a bag of coffee or something. And I thought, holy cow. I mean, that in one picture epitomizes the sacrifices that these men and women are willing to make on our behalf and how most of us go through our daily lives and don't give a thought to it. And that's a shame. When we have a country that is so blessed and is so fruitful, here it is 2019 and we still have third world countries that don't have electricity or running water you know but but to get where we are it had a big cost and a big part of that cost is what these servicemen and women do and very often we don't think about that you know particularly when we talk about the guardsmen and the reservists much of their mission doesn't involve guns and bullets and and, and bombs and missiles they're overseas building schools and bringing water to communities or just here on the home front 
you know, when there's a hurricane, uh, in fact, there's a perfect example. Recently, there was a, a Mexican fishing boat off the coast of Baja, California. The, the mass collapsed. Two of the fishermen were badly, badly injured. The Coast Guard couldn't get there. It was out, you know, too far. So basically, they dispatched a rescue group from here in Arizona that flew out there and took care of business. And they, they literally flew in in a C-130, parachuted into the ocean. But uh, they are protecting us 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, whether it's on, on the home front uh, or abroad. And, and I don't think I've ever met anybody who's pro-war. It's, it's horrible. Uh, at the same time, you have to have that protection because we always want it to be an away game, right? And you mentioned 9-11. The, so many of the guests I have on, particularly from your generation that are members of the military, enlisted because of 9-11. Or I've had several guests who had, had served left the military, but when 9-11 happened, they thought, no, it's my duty to my country. I'm going to reenlist and go to war. The best offense is a good defense. And Absolutely. if we've got this robust defense, who's going to want to go take the offense against them? Absolutely. People often, when I'm out at the bases for changes of command, and, and during the summer, in the case of the Air Force, oh, gosh, I'll be at 18, 20 changes of command over the course of several months. And, and they're always very humble, and they're always very grateful for, for being there. But I tell them, look, as a civilian, as a business person, it reinvigorates me. I start to feel a little bit of down about our country and where we're headed. And I go out there, and I see these just wonderful young men and women, and it fills me with hope. I'm, I have four sisters. and My condolences. I was always told that, you know, any boy they bring home, you know, we've got to give them a hard time. <laughs> we've got to push them around. I did not give my brother-in-law, Bruce, as hard a time as I gave anyone else because he was already enlisted in the Marines, and he went over to Iraq. And his first tour back, the first time I saw him and just the look on his face to be home, I'm like, I can't give this guy a hard mm -hmm. time. Well, and there's a lot to be learned. And, and when we talk about, you know, to some extent, the, the focus of your show, the for business people out there, the skill sets that these young men and women are developing in the military, many of them are perfectly transferable to the private sector. I mean, good heavy diesel mechanic, a, a finished carpenter, you know, all these trades are also being developed in our United States militaries. What do you have coming up uh, interview-wise that you're excited about? Well, it, it's uh, you never know. They need to visit American Warrior Radio. I mean, I always knew in my heart I was doing the right thing. But when we started to get inquiries from movie studios and national-level publicists and PR agencies saying, hey, we'd like to have our client on your show, then I thought, hey, you know, we're actually we're making a dent. We're finally getting somewhere. But right now I'm trying to focus as much as possible on the generations that, that, are, that are fading. And I had a, an amazing guest. I was doing a feature on the Battle of the Bulge. And a young man, Douglas Dillard, he was, still, I guess he still is in the Army Intelligence Hall of Fame, joined at the age of 16, parachuted into Normandy at the age of 17 for the D-Day invasion, survived the Battle of the Bulge, went on to lead partisan troops in Korea, went on to lead, uh, to be involved in the Phoenix program in Vietnam, which is, you know, very super secret, crazy ninja squirrel stuff. Hmm. Amazing guy. I only had him for an hour, and we are talking about the Battle of the Bulge. And I said, you know, Doug, I would love, we got to have you back on the show again sometime. I'd love to talk to you more. Well, life happens. Other guests come and go, and about six, eight months passed, and I received an email from his daughter saying he'd passed away. So I believe that for those generations that are fading so rapidly, if we don't get their stories recorded and communicated, they'll be lost forever. 
and what a shame that is. What would I hope from the show? I just want people to pause on occasion and think about it. Veterans Day obviously is is a big day for that, but I want people to think about it more often throughout the course of the year. And, and uh, to your listeners on your show, I'll give them a free tip here from American Warrior Radio. Please, please don't greet a veteran on Memorial Day by wishing them a happy Memorial Day. Veterans Day is for those who are living Memorial Day or for those who have passed, and that's an important distinction. More with BBG, the host of American Warrior Radio, right after this. Cruise it through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. All right, here in the second segment, we give our uh, Arizona State Park passes away. We do it in true or false trivia. A big uh, featured notable person of the Kingman area is Andy Devine, a Western actor. What brought Andy to Kingman was a terrible accident in which left his father with only one leg. The settlement he got from it is what was the money he used to buy Hotel Beale in Kingman and move the family from Flagstaff to Kingman. If you think that's true, text TRUE to 411923. If you think that's false, text FALSE. We'll pick a random right winner at the end of the programming segment and send you two tickets to Arizona State Parks. Could to any of the 35 Arizona State Parks in this time of year. I don't think there's a state park you couldn't visit that wouldn't just be beautiful. We're joined with BBG, Ben Bueller-Garcia, host of American Warrior Radio. Uh, tell me about some of the other stories you've heard from these uh, uh, servicemen and women you've had the, the pleasure to feature on your well, program. You know, it's interesting. You, you, you touched on, on actors. One of the more – and I, I'm like you. The, the, the Bueller side of the family, which is the German side, wants, I want to be prepared. I want to just – you know, everything's <laughs> got to be just right. The Garcia side is like, eh, whatever. Just let it flow. So I one of my hard and fast rules for the show is, is if an author's coming on, I have to read the book first, which I found apparently is – kind of unusual in radio but that's something i feel strongly about if, if an actor's coming on i need to see their work we did receive an inquiry uh, some time ago from a uh, very famous actress the studio wanted to have her on the show because she played a military part in a movie i reached and her name would have been big it would have been great for us but i researched it and she other than playing a, a, a someone in the marines she never spoke in support of the military she didn't do any fundraising she didn't do anything uh, so i told the studio no i'm sorry that's that's not good enough but one of the real surprising moments was i had matthew marsden on who if you don't know he was in a uh, black hawk down several other films mm. and uh, but he's a british actor and so he came to the united states he decided he was going to go to hollywood and, and try and make it big well one of his first big breaks was in black hawk down and he talks about how he spent some time training with army rangers in order to prepare for 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 the film and he recounts the situation where in the break of filming he saw this this young ranger eight, 19 years old maybe and he started talking with him he says finally got to a point he says well you you would give your life for me wouldn't you and the ranger answered yes sir yes sir and here's a british guy he's very clearly british um and he says that that's amazing and so they started talking about it and it inspired him so much he went on this little rant on the radio show and again here's a british citizen talking about how america is the last best bastion of hope and freedom on the planet and to hear a british citizen telling me that on american warrior radio what i mean it caused me pause but it was also very inspirational so you never know 
what direction uh, things are going to come from. And very often, uh, Romy, they may be somber stories, they're inspirational stories, but uh, talking about you know, trying to tie it into, uh, to some extent, Rosie on the house, we did have a, a POW who was on the show. He was a, Vietnam, a POW in Vietnam for 2,103 days. And you talk about, yeah. That's a long <laughs> yeah. 2,103 oh, yeah. days. And in his book, he talks about just all the things they had to do just to keep their minds stimulated. And this guy was a MacGyver. He almost, just stealing scraps of wire and, and picking stuff out of the junk pile. And all, the, all the time under the watchful eye of the not-so-kind Vietnamese guards, he almost completely built a radio from scratch. And he talked about their communication codes and just the way they'd, you know, literally when they're out there working in the garden, they had a tap code. And they would use the hose in just the right sequence. So as they're out there hoeing the garden, they'd actually be talking and communicating to all the other prisoners of war in the camp. So just, uh, boy, you talk about do-it-yourself. That was some some pretty powerful do-it-yourself stuff there. Now, you'd mentioned the British guy and Black Hawk Down, and I've seen that movie multiple times. I, I can't remember one British. I mean, he obviously hit his accent pretty well, which... Feature, which, which character was uh, he? You know, he didn't get a lot of screen time. I think he did have some lines. But we did have the, the other guest that was very inspirational that we had on. If you're familiar with the film, in, in the opening scenes of the battle, the first soldier was killed, Sergeant Pillow. Uh, the, the driver of that, that vehicle was, uh, was on the show and talking about Black Hawk Down and how that ends. His, he, he believed that he wasn't going to survive. Went back to the base camp, washed the blood out of the Humvee, went back into combat and all the time he thought that he wouldn't survive but it was his faith that carried him through so much so that the other soldiers and special forces says how, how are you doing this and so end of end of story was after he survived black hawk down he went off uh to uh and got his uh, uh ministerial degree i can't think of the right word and then went back to the rangers as their chaplain and just what a great story that was as well so yeah we've we've had uh the 13-hour Benghazi folks on um and uh, several folks whose, whose real-life stories have been told in, in movies. And uh, very often they say, well, it wasn't quite the way it actually was. But uh, still, again, the power of story. People need to hear what these folks are, are enduring on our behalf. I know, and sometimes it's hard for me when I know it's a true story, whether, you know, they got their Hollywood, what do they call that, uh, Gary D., uh, authentic artistic licensing for uh you know, bending the truth a little bit or presenting it different. But when it is a true story, you know the ending, and you're watching the lead up to it, and you're just like, no, 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 right. no, no. <laughs> Creative licensing. All right. Yeah. The answer to today is true. Andy Devine's father, Tom Devine, worked for the railroad in Flagstaff and lost his leg in an accident. That's what moved the Devine family to Kingman, and you can celebrate Andy Devine Day's festival and rodeo the last weekend in September every year. If you answer true... Watch your phone. We'll be texting one winner here shortly. Tuned up and rolling. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Continuing our coverage of Kingman, Arizona, our featured staycation destination. This month in off-air, Mr. Ben Bueller-Garcia, BBG, has said, why would anyone want to go to Kingman? What could possibly be there? Well, if you're like one of those people like Gary D., who only stops at Kingman for a soft drink and doesn't stop at the Route 66 Museum on your way to Vegas, you're missing out on a very interesting town in Arizona. And I'll tell you, Gary D., mm-hmm. next time you go to Vegas, you've got to just schedule that extra half-hour trip. Not only does the Mojave 
County Historical Society have the Route 66 Museum, and anyone that's heard this broadcast before knows, you know, Gary's gotten us. Uh, how many different Route 66 interviews have you gotten? The well, author of Women of Route 66, right? Katrina uh, Parks, guy she, out of, mm-hmm. yeah, the guy out of Illinois that does historic restoration, Roman Rich, um, Roman Rich. Yeah. He finds all these great Route 66. Well, you've got the museum right there, and uh, the the Mojave County Historical Society also has. Uh, the Mojave Museum, the Benelli House, and there's also the depot right there, the powerhouse building. It's on the second floor. Make sure you make a point and stop and just learn a little bit more about uh, the history of Kingman, Arizona on your way through to Vegas next time. More than just a, a pit stop. Continuing our conversation with host of American Warrior Radio, Mr. BBG, what, do you, what were you doing before you stumbled across uh, the, the the radio program and started working with them? Well, I, I'm not as successful as you. I, I still have to keep a day job. <laughs> and so I, I've, I've had a consulting practice for, for 40 years. And really, the, the American Warrior Radio is a, a weekend labor love hobby for me. But again, my hope is, is I get more inspired and I, I get feedback from the members of the military and, and law enforcement families about how important it is to them to hear these messages. Uh, I really would like to grow the show. We're we're in Tucson, Phoenix, Colorado Springs, all very intensive military markets. I'm looking to grow as much as possible with a focus on, on mostly communities that have a strong military presence because I think there's maybe more of an appreciation there. Like you said, you know, we all have an appreciation for the military, but we don't have, you know, no one likes war. It's a very, right. very horrible thing. So I could see how, you know, I understand the challenges we have in our business, but yours even more when you're looking at sponsors. Who do you have? Like, you go, you knock on Raytheon's door and sell them a commercial. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Can, no can we yet, get but... an audio recording of you blowing something up? <laughs> well, you know, I, it is really, I would say my, because I do, you're right, I do have to sell, uh, because I broke at the time, I buy it from the station, you're familiar with that, I do have to sell advertising to cover my hard costs. And it's a combination of local businesses who just support the idea uh, or support the men and women of our military and law enforcement. We do have some, some sponsors who are particularly targeting that demographic. And from a business standpoint, let me use Tucson as an example. If you combine veteran population, military, and law enforcement, that's over 10% of the entire population of metropolitan Tucson. That's a big chunk. And so to some extent, I think some people do it just because they support the idea. And, of course, some some other advertisers are looking for a return on investment, which is fine. I'm very confident. And if folks go to AmericanWarriorRadio.com and check some of our podcasts, I will match the quality of our program against anyone anyone in the country. Period. How's that? I like it. Uh, uh, Ruger. Have, have you gone up to Prescott and knocked on Ruger's door? I will do that. I haven't. I would, I would love to add an affiliate in Prescott. Love that town. Beautiful. And talk about history. Very strong military connection. And uh, talk about in Arizona. It's it's a fun, I'm here just by by happenstance. But uh, you, when you do talk about our military history, Fort Huachuca down south of us in, in Sierra Vista, the only Army post that can rightfully claim to be the true home of the, of the famous Buffalo Soldiers. Every one of those cavalry and infantry units associated with the Buffalo Soldiers spent time at Fort Huachuca, and there's no other Army post in the country that can claim that. I didn't so, know that. Very there, cool. There you go. That was a freebie just for you. <laughs> Thank um, you. But I, I know it's Veterans Day, and, and so we're talking about that. But I also want to emphasize that the, the folks that protect us on the home front, and I really added the, the first responder stories about 18 months ago. 
And uh, again, some some and Kingman. I don't know if the Kingman Chamber of Commerce will feel be, be happy about this, but one of my guests, uh, Jay Dobbins, who is an uh, out a standout U of A football player, went on to work for the Arizona the ATF, and was the only agent to ever successfully infiltrate the Hell's Angels. And w- what an amazing story that was. And he is part of that work. He spent a lot of time up north in Kingman. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But, uh, <laughs> and, we, you know, the, the, the Netflix series Narcos, uh, very popular, one of my favorites. The two original DE agents that those the, that series was based on, Steve Murphy and Javier, Javier Peña, they've both been on the show uh, telling their, their side or, or, you know, relaying the accuracy of their story. We've had a number of, of folks who were in New York on 9-11, uh, some firemen who were survivors and an FBI agent who, but for a dental appointment, would have been in the tower. Mm. And uh, he's driving to the dentist, hears it on the radio, rushes into lower Manhattan, and then spent several weeks working, the, as they call it, the pile, recovering remains and evidence, and, and just all very powerful stuff. And I think as I come back, I, I just, I'm a big believer in the power of storytelling, and I think to some extent we've lost that in our society, particularly with younger people, and I'm a firm believer in radio. As, as a medium to do that. It's a great platform for storytelling, and especially uh, with as big a state as Arizona is, and we're mm-hmm. spread out, a lot of people spend a lot of drive time, and it's a great opportunity for people that are driving to have that you know, one-on-one connection with that you otherwise wouldn't, uh, you know, what they're at the home, you're busy doing chores on Saturday morning, getting ready to start your gardening here next hour, a home improvement project, a soccer, little league, whatever the case, but that time you have in a car with them or with the advancement of the introduction of podcasts and streaming, put it in your headphones, plug it in your smartphone while you're riding your bike, doing your hike on uh, on Saturday morning, whatever the case may be. It's, uh, it's a great platform for telling a story. Let me ask you this. In, in the years you've been doing this, isn't it, uh, I assume you get feedback from some of your listeners if, if a particular tip has worked or something is, is really, or you know, one of your, your vendors they're very pleased with. And how does that make you feel um, when you, uh, mission accomplished, when you get that kind of feedback from your listeners? It is. It's the kind of feedback that, that drives you to do better and, right. and do it again the next day. And, you know, no matter what uh, job you're in, you know, what life you have, everyone has fatigue and you know, those are the kind of things that help restore any kind of fatigue that might set in. Well, and the reason I particularly bring that up is uh, this past September, uh, September is, is National Suicide Awareness Month, and so we did a couple of shows that were very difficult for me to do. Uh, the two hardest shows every year is probably Memorial Day uh, and talking to Gold Star, member, Gold Star family members, and then, of course, when we talk about the, the, the scourge, of suicide that's running through our military and, and, and our, as well, to some extent, our first responder ranks. And to get feedback from that show and to think that there's somebody who uh, actually heard the message or heard the 800 number or realized from, from listening to a guest who had been through very difficult times and came through and had that resiliency and to get that feedback saying, you know what, I, that resonated with me and, and it caused me to turn around or, or, or pause. Uh, boy, that's the that's the best reward reward ever. And the fact that when I check my Google Analytics, I apparently have a huge fan in the Ukraine somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <He's>, we'll <see. laughs> do we have a military base station there? Where uh, he's not that I'm aware of. <laughs> not that I'm aware. That might be more of a, a CIA show somewhere down the line. I have had two Secret Service agents on. That was some pretty interesting stuff uh, as well. And it's always um, 
it's it really it's a mission, but it truly is a joy to do this. I, I um, oh gosh, I'm having a senior moment, but well, maybe while you talk about the Secret Service and, and you're recollecting that thought, there was a, another article I read in the Green Valley News of a gentleman. I thought, gosh, if I'd only known he was there, I would have yeah. I would have you know dropped everything, driven down there, brought the recording equipment, and just talked to him. But a guy who worked for uh, who was on the car behind JFK, and he was the first one to. Uh, I saw that article, wife. and yeah. then he yeah. served for every president up to to Reagan. After that, you know, what kind of stories on his deathbed could we have pulled out of him? Sure, sure. <laughs> Where was that third guy on the grass? You know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that might be some Area Fifty One stuff, and I don't know. I, I, I'm not as sophisticated as you guys. I need to buy some of this cool remote broadcast stuff, and, and maybe see if I can get into Area Fifty One. Although I hear it's a little crowded right now. Aren't there like millions of folks trying to rush in there? I haven't followed that story at all. I see headline here or there, but I just ignore it because I'm like, what difference does it make? They're not going to get in. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it, it is. We did one of my other shows that I enjoy quite a bit is, and, and, you know, very often the, the stories are, are serious and we're trying to communicate a specific message. But on occasion, for example, I had an author on who had written a book about all the different things we enjoy now that were the product of military necessity for example the slinky that was accidentally they're trying to design something to to buffer and to cushion equipment on on ships at sea uh, either through storms or, tor- or torpedo damage and so they would they would you know it's kind of like a shock absorber well one of the engineers working on that accidentally knocked this thing off his workbench and saw what it did took it home his kids were playing with it having it going up and down the stairs and that's how that's how slinkies were invented <laughs> So you never it. you never know. And like like me, you you like history, you like trivia, so uh, lots well, then, of stuff to learn. Tell me the story about this. I've got a fifty caliber bullet here in my hand. You handed me that's a bottle opener. Yeah, that that actually Eli Crane is is a Navy SEAL, a retired Navy SEAL. He used those downrange, obviously, in his his line of work. He and his wife he started working out of his garage in Chicago, making these bottle openers. And he and his wife appeared on Shark Tank. And that's how I became aware of them. They were funded by one of the investors there, and now they've got a, a business headquartered in Tucson selling all over the world, and they make uh, bottle openers and other sorts of things out of uh, former ammunition, or, or they've even got a, I think they call it a, a breacher frag that looks like a little uh, a little hand grenade that you can use to open your beer or other beverage of your choice, I suppose, uh, soda if that's your preference. So uh, we do feature as much as possible on occasion. Once a month or so, I try and feature successful veteran entrepreneurs as well just to make uh, the active duty folks out there know that there are certainly lots of options after they transition from the military. And how does somebody listen to uh, American Warrior Radio? They can listen live. If they go to American Warrior Radio, they can live stream anytime. Uh, We're uh, on... uh, Saturdays from noon to 1, and then Sundays from 8 to 9 a.m., as well as 2 to 3 p.m. There's links they can click on at AmericanWarriorRadio.com, and um, almost 300 podcasts there that are searchable. They can uh, type in you know, the branch of the military, the particular battle if they want, uh, or just a name. For example, you know, a Roger Staubach or a Gary Sinise folks recognize, and they've been on the show as well. Um, Herschel Walker, great interview. Uh, great story that 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 guy and and he's on because his his support for the military over and above uh, what he does to support the men and women of our military. 
Now, if somebody listening to this is a service uh, veteran or a first responder and they've got an interesting story to tell, uh, how would they bring their story to you? Absolutely. Send me an, an email, bbg at AmericanWarriorRadio.com. We'll chat about it. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, not everybody makes the show, just like, you know, Rosie on the house. Well, but, especially when you're doing one broadcast a week. There's only 52 weeks a year. You've got <laughs> you've got to filter somehow. Yeah, and, and I try. I want to make sure it's, it's good and compelling radio. And there's, trust me, there's more stories out there than I'll ever be able to tell. But uh, we pick them off one at a time, and... If we make an impact on one life, uh, that was that's what that makes it all worthwhile. Ben Bueller Garcia, host of American Warrior Radio. You go by BBG. Just uh, shorten it up. It's a little punchier. Less of a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't go by Rosamund Claude Romero the Third. I just go by Romy. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. It started with a tiger walk. Uh, when you were gonna be ready today? When you were going to start fast, it didn't look like it, but I got them jacked up ready to go. Now, what starts with the letter C? Coach Ojo Run starts with the letter C. That's right. Coach O. Let's go, Tigers. C is for coaching. Okay with me. I'm the Cajun Dominator in the SEC. C is for Cocho. I'll stomp you like a rocho. Seco in Spanish starts with C. Okay. True. W is for whipping Alabama. Already on it. Get them bitches to radio it. Come eat some grass. <laughs> Go Tigers, huh? Go Tigers. I stole that from Walton and Johnson radio program, but how could you not at least talk just a little bit? If you're just tuning in, and this is the first time you've heard the broadcast, our host Rosie is a Louisiana native. His mother is from New Roads. His father's from Welsh, Louisiana. I'm the first Romero born out of Louisiana in the bloodline since the Cajuns got there in the 1600s when they were exiled from our, uh, Acadia. Acadia, Canada, Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've we've got a pretty deep root heritage into Louisiana. Now we live in Arizona. We love Arizona, but how how can you not when your team's number one? We still have season tickets to Death Valley Tiger Stadium. They're on the forty eight yard line, the forty second row, right below the press boxes, and we've had them since our grandfather Rosie Senior, Doctor Rosie. Uh, was in med school at LSU, and Baby K was in Tiger Stadium. And according to her, eight and a half months pregnant with Uncle Rennie, when Billy Cannon won Halloween night, their first national championship, with the not only the punt return that he ran all the way back that you see over and over and over again, but then he tackled the old Miss player on the two-yard line, keeping them out of the end zone, as the clock expired to re- pres- to maintain that lead, six nothing win. <laughs> yeah, that tiger blood runs thick. So we we had to at least do something for LSU. Dane Rosie's just walked in with his. Uh, I see why it took <laughs> hey, you so you long go. to get here. You were ironing your LSU visor and shirt <laughs> and jersey. He even brought in Mike the Tiger. We'll post a picture a little later. Yeah. There was uh Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I even pressed my lucky LSU underwear. <laughs> and he's got a purple robe. And if you stop by, man, you'll get you'll get the full view. 
Well, aside from football rankings, at the beginning of the season, the Wall Street Journal posted uh, college rankings. And Arizona, we had three uh, major universities ranked within the top 500. U of A came in at 136. ASU came in at 224. What do you think the third one would be? Think Prescott. Aeronautical. Serious. Embry-Riddle? Embry-Riddle came wow. in at 285 out of the top 500 colleges in America. Now, if you wanted to find a college-ranked team at the time this came out, you would have to go all the way down to uh, Ohio at 86. was the first one, first ranked college team that came up in the scholastic, scholastic <laughs> rankings. You, you had to drop pretty far down. Stanford was in there, but they dropped out of the rankings in football a long time so ago. So they're not smart anymore in Stanford? <laughs> well, well, maybe not. No. no, no. <laughs> um, I tease. <laughs> I have a friend The, the, the football there. rankings, they dropped way out. Oh, oh football. Okay. <laughs> Uh, at the LSU was 295. Alabama was, uh, when it got to 400, everyone from 401 to 500 was all ranked the same. So Alabama was all the way down in the 400s, Clemson 188. Basically, school and football, education and football at college universities don't Don't mesh. necessarily <laughs> mesh, yes. <laughs> well, hey, I wanted to thank you for that interview you did for the first three segments with American Warrior Radio. That, that was very and Bueller very Garcia. That was hard. And I yes, I bet. And I just want to encourage all of us to, um, you know, it's, he said it's more. It's not really a celebration. It's an honoring. So let's make sure we honor our veterans, no matter how you do it. There's parades all over the state. ArizonaRaisingKids.com has a great list, um, and you can. If you're not into the parades, at least say a prayer with your family. Write a letter to a vet in your family or someone you know. Amen. Honor them. Back here in Arizona, things going on today. Kingman's our featured staycation destination, and they have their 44th annual Arts and Crafts Fair going on today and tomorrow at Mojave County Fairgrounds. I'm assuming that's the same place as the rodeo grounds uh, right off of just south of 40, really easy to find. And then if you missed it last night, you know, you got one more day to get out to the Brewing Showcase at Canal Convergence Water, Light, and Art Festival going on at the Scottsdale Waterfront and drink beer made by reclaim water from the city of Scottsdale. I'm looking forward after that LSU win to drink one. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about our tour at the city of Scottsdale Water Reclamation Unit. And you took a drink of the water. I took a drink of the water. But you know our tour director never took a drink of the water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. I, I don't know. I don't know why that occurred to me, but... He didn't run and start hiding behind a wall going, hey, watch this. Hey, just a quick, a quick tip for Monday, Veterans Day, all national parks are free for the whole oh, family. Nice. Go and learn some history. Very good. You also have Cave Creek Wild West Days going on this weekend. The 11th Annual Pecan Classic Family Fun Run and Tucson, Sorita, actually, it's a little south there, and Celebration of Art 2019, all those going on this weekend. You can find them in the events tab at Rosie on thehouse.com. And you know what? Go Tigers!